It's two redheads and one who came from Las Vegas Motor Speedway talking about racing. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So you can't talk about anything you did in Vegas this weekend, Andrew Curlin. Yeah, no, Jason Schultz, I can't. And we just got our names out of the way there. But, yeah, that's it. That's the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Jason, where can we follow you on Twitter? But, yes, Vegas was fun, and it was another enjoyable weekend. I've never been to Vegas before, so there was a lot of firsts, including just, like, being able to experience a new racetrack and and check out that Neon Garage, which I believe is actually cooler in person than I thought it would be, honestly. And, I don't know, it was cool just being able to check out Vegas. I, I've always seen pictures and heard Congrats about it. So closing your rings. To, yes, I just closed my rings. You just saw that. Somehow it said I finished standing up and I've been sitting down for the last two hours. So I don't know, Apple Watch, but that was weird. Lazy. Yeah, but no, Vegas was fun. Just being able to check out that city and and um, finally check it off my bucket list. Compare Vegas to other racetracks. Where does it rank? High on the list among places you visited, low on the list, middle of the list. What's it similar to? For people that haven't been to Vegas, I've never been to Las Vegas, so tell me what I would expect if I were going to the Sin City. I will Recap. say it probably comes very close to rivaling Phoenix in terms of the fan experience, and I will give them the credit that Phoenix is a newer racetrack, so Vegas has had this for a while. They, just the whole neon garage, one thing that, like, you know, it's obviously, like, you can see the cars from up top, and... You know, it's a 360 view of the garage. Like, I knew that going in. But the fan zone in the middle of that has live bands and live music playing almost every hour of the day. They Victory Lane is in the fan zone. So the driver literally drives it straight into the fan zone, which I've never seen before outside of, you know, Phoenix. But that's a little bit different. This is in the heart of the fan zone. And it's super, super open where... There's just a crowd of people surrounding Victory Lane, and they have just open fan seating to really get a cool view of Victory Lane. So I've never seen that in another racetrack to have a Victory Lane so open as as Las Vegas. Yeah, you're right about it being the original track that did that. I'm actually kind of surprised other SMI tracks haven't done that same thing because Vegas has had that probably for a decade now. Yeah, no, they, they, they did a really cool job with the whole fan experience. But... I didn't really have a chance to look around too much. It was very cold and rainy on Saturday. I probably would have done a little bit more exploring. But overall... Well, it's cold for the Phoenix kid. Hey, it was cold. It was like... Okay, it was... It, I could see Blaney's breath when I was interviewing him. That's yeah. cold. So it's not like... Oh, it's not just cold for the Phoenix kid. It was It was genuinely chilly. Who'd you talk to? Who'd you talk to this weekend? This was a busier weekend. Um talk to give me the highlights all right so this is coming out or it will be out it has been out by the time this episode goes up but uh did a walk and talk feature with ross chastain which was really fun i've never done anything like that we're actually moving through the garage and this was something he actually preferred to a normal stand-up interview at the end he said he wants colleague racing to do all of his interviews walking and talking which was funny Mm. but right after the end of the interview oh and it was like drizzling to like really rainy out when we did this thing and i'm like ross we don't have to do this if you don't want to walk in the rain he's like we got two umbrellas right here we're fine 
So Ross held the umbrella. We we talked, and and my Aww. dad held his umbrellas. He filmed walking backwards throughout the entire garage. But right after we stopped the video, Ross takes the umbrella out of his hands. He's like, oh, man, my hand, it was cramping up because <laughs> he had to hold the umbrella in his hand the whole time, which was funny. But I'm really excited about that. Talked a lot about just his overall career, the ups and downs of it. And he opens up and talks about losing the Chip Ganassi ride and, and coming back and being able to race for them in a third car for the 500 Coke 600 talks about racing triple duty, some really, really interesting things that I think came out of it. And of course he talks about filling in for Ryan Newman, which was cool. Yeah. He's awesome. Such a good guy. First of all, and then his story, like I found this picture last year where I met Ross when he was in his first truck season yeah. at Bristol. And I was like 13 or 14. Like I got a picture with him and at the time I like, had no idea, but like 10 years or probably like eight years later now, it's like so cool to have met him before he kind of went on this whole journey to becoming this really underdog racer that's come alive and really got these great opportunities and sh- proving what he's made of. And he's not just one of those drivers nowadays that comes along with money and earns a ride that way. He literally raced his heart out for like five, six, seven years. And now he's now it's paying off with these really cool opportunities and he's being proven as one of the best young racers yeah, in the no, sport. Absolutely. I- Obviously the circumstances we've talked about it to Ross getting this ride, not ideal, but I'm so thrilled that he's able to find I mean he he was like a competitor in the race in Vegas. Like he actually was up there racing the top ten, top fifteen, top twenty. I know he spun at the end. I don't exactly remember where he finished, but he was finally up there and wasn't just a back marker and bad equipment getting lapped. Like he had some power under the hood. So good to see that. And and Ross is one of those guys where he's just real throughout. Like on the grid, yeah. I'll be going and I'll be shooting video and B-roll of these drivers. I'll get pretty close to them. And, you know, they they always just talk to their team and crew and, and don't really acknowledge me. They just ignore all the cameras. I'm filming Ross, and he's like, what's up, man? And this is like right before he's about to hop in the six car with this massive opportunity. And it's like you don't have many drivers out there like that. It was pretty cool. I'm going to say something that may surprise Andrew. <gasps> I thought the racing at Las Vegas – was surprisingly pretty cool. And I'll tell you why. There were so many different leaders. Like it was a uh-huh. constant exchange of the lead throughout the race. Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, um, Kevin Harvick. It was like the Ryan Blaney. Alex Bowman almost had it up there. Like I love races where it's a variety of different leaders. It's not just this one fast car pulling away and dominating. It's a bunch of guys in the mix throughout the race. And then you don't know who's going to win. And before that last caution came out, Alex Bowman was coming up there at the end. Like, he was decent all day, made it to the front I of the end. Like, he that, could have won that race. Ryan Blaney. Yeah. I know. I The one time I did I not want to freaking caution. Because Bowman was the nowhere. One time Bowman was nowhere. All of a sudden, he starts closing. I'm like, oh, my God. Can yeah. he come and steal this thing when we haven't thought yeah. about him basically all race? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love well, late race cautions. Green, white checker is my favorite. Except when you have two young guys battling for the win, what's going to be probably a pretty close finish. It's not just Kyle Busch pulling away three seconds ahead and we get no caution. But the one time we have like oh, close battle for the lead, like five, ten you laps to go. You can't complain about that. It was so. It was a great race, and I think what made I'm not complain. I'm not okay. complaining about it. I'm saying 
that I, the one time, like, I'd rather not have a caution right, right, right. And there's other races where I'd rather have Got cautions. it, okay. No, what I think made that late race restart v- so interesting, and it's unfortunate with the stages, is we don't get fuel mileage really ever anymore. But this really gave us an opportunity to see completely split strategy of staying out. And the first guy's on two tires, first guy's on four tires. How much time do you have at the end? We've seen how important tires worked and paid off during the race. I loved that split strategy that we saw, and it made for a very interesting finish. And But I don't know how much they showed it on TV, but the gap from most of the time within the front four was very close. Yeah. Like, no one could get away, which was, I mean, I think the yeah. biggest split I saw on TV was maybe a second and a half. Maybe. Yeah, like, well, that's the thing. When the there's not one dominant fastest yeah. car that just pulls away and takes the field by storm. When there's guys that are pretty even and that keep exchanging leads, the lead stays close. Like it's very caught up. That's like NASCAR's adjusted the package for forever at this point. But when the real way to get close competitive racing is to make sure that the fastest guy isn't dominating the race, which is maybe why they want more parity. So it's everyone's pretty closer, but usually ends up one guy's clearly faster anyway. But if we had the more parity where it's like every week there's these guys jostling for the lead and there's like five different guys that could potentially win, like that would be, I would love that. Maybe with an next gen car that'll be possible, but that's the kind of racing. Like when it's, when I call a race boring, it's because there's one guy leads 200 out of 250 laps and it, and it's a snooze fest. Like nothing happens. There's no battles for the lead. But this race, when there's battles for the lead throughout the race, like you realize how much better that is than a normal race when there's none of that happening. It just adds such a, compelling element to the race yeah one thing i found was very interesting and i'm i'm 100 percent certain now jimmy johnson will win a race in 2020 because he i think he will okay Go, keep he going, had keep a going. great day okay. today it was one race or, um one race. sunday yeah i know but all i'm saying is that was jimmy johnson's first top five do you know since when First top five since, nope, July Daytona, and it's July Daytona. This is a massive step up for this team. This is the exact run that they needed, and we haven't seen it in such a long time. Jason, come on, you cannot, even though it's just one race, you cannot discount the fact that Jimmy Johnson, that was not the Jimmy Johnson we've seen in a long, long time. All right, you cannot judge everything off one race the second race of the year i'm saying i would like jimmy to succeed this year i'd like him to be back to the form he was but you cannot say one race is going to make him a contender all year long it was really awesome to see him up front it was cool to see the chevys place six cars in the top 10 the most cars the first time they've had the most amount of cars in the top 10 among manufacturers since kansas last may like that's awesome this was one race at las vegas if in up two months from now, they're still doing this. I'll believe it. But I bet this week, Fontana and Phoenix will be competitive because the cut teams built cars all at once for the West Coast, so they don't really have a chance to change things. But once you learn from these first three races and go back to the shop and apply the things, I think it's going to look a little different. I hope Hendrick is just stronger this year and this new nose has worked wonders and they're much more competitive. But I'm not, like, in a month, I'll... I'll be able to say that, but I, you cannot say that after one race. That's going to, that's the, he's gone. He's back. He's back. It's Jimmy Johnson. Like you, I'm just you saying wait. you got to wait. That is, that's a Jimmy Johnson that at least I haven't seen. And this wasn't even just like he, he made a late charge 
up towards the end of the race and finished yeah. fifth. Like he was a fourth to fifth fifth place car. All, like I don't remember yeah. the last time I've defined Jimmy Johnson as a true solid fourth to fifth yeah. place car, and he was in Vegas. And that's all I'm saying is. Yeah. This was a run that we have not seen in a long, long time yes, from him. That's true. And I think they but can continue that trend. You hope they can continue. There won't like you need to see him do it more than once to say, I hope I think it'll continue. The other thing, the reason why uh, Chevy and Hendrick were good on Sunday, the Toyotas were nowhere near the front of the field. Yeah. They have they placed one car in the top fifteen was Kyle Bush. Guess when guess oh first of all, guess what year the last time they only placed one car in the top fifteen in a race was? I don't know. Guess. Way back. This, this is a game. Guess. Okay. Pick 2019. A year. I'm joking. 2016. We'll go. 2011. They have placed wow. more multiple cars in the top 15 in every single race since Texas in 2011. I think it was a spring race. Like, wow. Toyota sucked, and that was part of the reason other guys were able to shine, which is really cool. Good for them. But once Toyota gets their stuff back together, which, you know, you assume they would because they're they've been the best for years now i think it'll be a little more competitive but if hendrick can keep up with them this year awesome more parity great but we need to let it play out before he can make determinate um statements like that i don't remember if we talked about this on the first show of the season but i remember texting you about this the reason why i was so hyped for ryan blade and alex bowman battling for the lead not just because it's you know different guys up front it was young guys battling for the lead and being up front and stuff nascar and my friend Tyler pointed this out um, over the offseason. NASCAR, compared to other sports, other sports right now have this influx of young talent that's you know, setting the standard. They're becoming the best in the league, whether it's the NBA, NFL, Patrick Mahomes, um, Zion Williamson. Like He's the young superstar, and he's really good. And Patrick Mahomes just won the Super Bowl. Like, and um, Lamar Jackson, too. Like All these young guys are blowing everyone's socks off in every other sport. NASCAR is different. I get that. But NASCAR has, you know, for the last probably eight years at this point, pushed this youth movement. Like, the young guys, young guys are coming, and they've come, but they have not succeeded on a larger level. I would say Chase Elliott's probably been the most successful driver under the age of 25 in the last, you know, he was a rookie in 2016, so the last five years. Like, Ryan Blaney's been okay, but, like, no one, Chase has won three races for the last two years, but, like, no one's been super successful. And we need this new era of drivers to start succeeding and being up front and contending for wins and i was so hyped to see ryan blaney and alex bowman doing that i'm like yes this is what we need we don't need the old guys winning all the time and dominating we need to see young blood up front in the contention in the storylines making headways and i was so hyped to see that i was sad when it ultimately didn't pan out that way but if a trend of the season can be that we see young drivers succeeding more than the older guys, I would be hyped beyond belief for that. Yeah, but there's there's nothing, like you say, we need, but there's nothing like NASCAR can do about it. Like, that's like a but problem that, like... They, I know, the pro, you can't really fix it, but for the yeah, good of NASCAR and the future of NASCAR, you it. need... I know, but you need young drivers. Would you, do you not agree that we need young drivers to succeed more than the older drivers? Yes, but for the future of the sport. Yeah, but I don't think you can beg or ask because you can't do anything. But you want it to happen, correct? Okay. How about we have two different rules packages: four fifty horsepower for everyone over the age of twenty five, five fifty horsepower for all the young guns. 
let's have them have at have at it. <laughs> I would fix the problem. I would really. I'd be perfect. That's that's you, how we solve the we need. Yeah. Um, NASCAR has had the older generation succeed for years. Like Brad Keselowski was the only kind of um, random young champion in twenty twelve. But then it was Jimmy Johnson and Kyle Busch was, I guess Kyle Busch is technically kind of still young, but it was like Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex Jr. It's like all the older guys, other sports like Patrick Mahomes just won the Super Bowl. Like it's a new era of young talent in sports. And that's what gets people excited. It gets what young people yeah, excited. I don't know what, what can you, there's you nothing can't, you can do I'm saying it. it's great when, if that's going to happen this season, great. It needs to happen. Let's hype it up. Like the more, like the sport in general, like of course Kevin Harvick probably has more fans, but William Byron winning a race right now would be way bigger for the sport than a Kevin Harvick victory. And I want to see that desperately. I want NASCAR to rise and be marketable and the young guys are the future to that. It's not seeing the old guys keep winning all the time. Except they say old guys rule, but I think young guns, young guns need to shine and I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. You ready for a fancy update? Yes. I should probably find the right race first. All right. <laughs> After Las Vegas, our um, rival from last season, Colonial 1273, uh, who I think was one of the top contenders we battled with throughout last season. He won season. last year. Pretty sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I can't, you can't say he. I don't know if it's a he or she. I kind of think Okay, she, they won. I don't know who it is. Yeah, so Colonial. I thought, I thought okay, I thought someone who tweeted – us was colonial i thought it was a guy but i could be wrong i don't, That's yeah, I don't remember email. that so colonial 1273 took the victory at las vegas by a pretty um not a huge margin but my friend garrett b what was in second so good job for garrett i beat andrew which is what everyone here cares about by two points i finished eighth he finished 10th and if we go to the league standings which i need to not fall so far behind my tie is leading over Eyes in the Sky, and I Get Bored Easily, SMH. I'm currently in 11th, and Andrew is in 13th. We're only two points apart, so... Tied for 13th, can I add? Or whatever. But, no, hmm. that was fun. Wait, I, I don't know if that makes me sound better or not. <laughs> I think our league's way more competitive this year, so, like, we gotta step our game up to stay good. I thought I had Extremely. a good lineup. There's 33 people with points in this. So, we had, like, 42, so, like... Just just about 10. Wait, shoot. What's the math? You don't know how to do math, you college student? We had 33 people, and there were 41. So a couple people did not ever make picks. But out of this last race, we had 33 make selections for the race, which was really exciting and, and fun to see. You know, I, I like these big leagues and... Being yeah. able, I mean, when you when you're up front and leading, like it's a huge deal because yeah. there's so many people in in the league. So I'm excited sure. to see where this yeah. goes. It's fun. Are you going to California this weekend? No, I'm not going to California. I'll be in Phoenix. I'll be in Atlanta, and then take a little break. You're going to Atlanta? Yep. Should I go to Atlanta? You want to go to Atlanta? I will be there just race day. Okay, then I won't do that. So, um, if you're gonna, I'll plug my stuff. We don't usually plug our work every week, so I'll plug you. You've been plugging your interviews. If you see any content from Dale Jr. Download this week, I've been doing a lot more with them this season, which I'm super excited about. So check out all that content this week, videos, podcasts, and stuff. Also, Door Bumper Clear, which I got made fun of from TJ and Brett for telling them I'm working on the download too now, so they think I'm only doing part-time DBC stuff. But DBC is still the best mm-hmm. podcast out there, closely followed by Dale Jr. Download. And if you want a new podcast to listen to, that was phenomenal. 
Barstool is doing a new podcast. I think it's called Rubbin's Racing with Clint Boyer and Dave Portnoy. Like, what two better personalities could you have on a podcast and talking about racing? Like, it's, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. You got to listen. Give me a review. We'll talk more about it next week because they'll have their second show out on Thursday, but you got to listen. You can follow me, right? Are we going there? No, I don't want to follow you. I actually want to unfollow you. If you want to unfollow Andrew, where can you do that at? You can do that at Andrew Curlin TV. Hey, but that Kyle Bush video, like, propelled me way bigger than I thought it would. That video is at, like, 30,000 views. I gained about 200 followers from it, so it was big. The the one from Victory Lane. You saw that, right? Yeah, I told you that. It's funny that that video did way better than your Barstool video, and you probably had the opposite expectations. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I think people, when they see that Kyle Bush like being human. Him act- his actual self and like real you know not like the pissed off guy that you see all the time i think they 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 learned to like him a little more and cool. that was i was literally like we were i was ta- sitting there with my dad and it's like you know he won another truck race it's like what is there to talk about so i'm like nothing you know what i'm gonna be super polite to you dad and i'm gonna be like hey dad are we good to go like right in front of kyle and be like i'm nicer to my cameraman now thanks to you and i didn't know if he would remember that or not but he didn't, and it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then another weird thing in Victory Lane, you'll see this video come out soon, is I'm doing this thing. Have you ever played the game Telestrations? What in the world? Okay, so it's like what telephone. Incarnation? It's like telephone, but with pictures. So someone draws a picture, then the next person guesses, then the next person guesses what the or ne- the next person draws what the guess was, and then it goes on and on and on. Does that make sense? You did that in Victory Lane? No. So I started it with Joey Logano, and I told him, all right, we're going to go see what Kyle Larson does. And we've done it with, it was Logano, Larson, then we went to someone else, then Boyer. Bowman. It was Bowman Boyer. And it's completely off where it started. So Lugano, I'm like ready to do this interview. I'm like, all right, like let, let's just go. And Joey's like, hey, where'd the where'd the drawing go? Like, how did Larson do? And I was like trying to get him on track. He's like, all right, let's just start this interview. You know, like because like Kyle Zimmerman, his PR guys, is like, all right, we got to get this going. And he just kept wanting to talk about like how his picture did, which was kind of funny. <laughs> but yes, um, cool. Cool. I that like original content. That sounds like original content, and that's what I'm all about. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 okay. It's not as good as I thought it would be, just like getting drivers to actually, because none of them are good drawers. They're like, oh, I'm so nervous. So I have to help them out just a little bit, and you'll see that in Bowman where he kind of cheats a little bit when when drawing. It was not all off the top of his head, but that's okay. Sometimes you got to do some weird things to get good content, right, Bubba? Hey, you got to do some weird stuff to get some good content. It's <laughs> all right. Remember, that was Bubba Wallace after when we you were interviewing him in Chicagoland, and I was there, and that was one of my favorite moments of the season. Shout out him finishing sixth. That was pretty epic. And Matt DiBenedetto finishing second. Yeah. Oh, yes. Lots of good things. Jason, where can we follow you on oh. social media? I know you have so I, many different handles. Nope, so I have just one. name one. I, I thought you never asked. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at HeyJasonSchultz. If you want to check out my website too, that's HeyJasonSchultz.com. Easy. You can go find it there. I'll be tweeting about uh, retweeting all the content I produce for Dirty Mo Media, which is what my Twitter feed is pretty much every week. But sometimes I share cool, funny videos from TikTok. So, you know, you never know what you're going to find. All right. If you listened to the show and you thought it was edited differently, it was Andrew. So we, I apologize. But 
once I, um, maybe in a couple months, I'll get back to editing the podcast. But for now, I'm handing those reins to Andrew to lead us into the future. Oh, I'm going to bleep everything you say out. <laughs> yeah, what? I, I couldn't hear you. Oh, this is going to be fun. I think we need to end this podcast. <laughs> we do. All right, we'll see you next weekend on the Red Hand Racing Radio. Also, you need to give me, like, a word to throw in. And we'll, we'll talk about that next week for oh, interviews because we got driver some good intros. stuff. Maybe even driver intros. Yeah. No, you have to for driver intros. Yes. So we'll look into that. That'll be fun. See ya.